You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. I know that there are quite a few podcasts in the back library on this whole episode, podcast, list of situation, whatever you want to call it. But I thought it would be really helpful to deep dive back into pricing and really deconstruct and come at pricing from a slightly different perspective in the lead up to Valentine's Day. Because the other day, I was looking through our templates and trying to figure out what did I do in terms of preparing our price list for what to sell in Valentine's Day that very first year. And I was literally looking at what I thought I needed to offer and how low the price points were and how obvious it seems to me now, this many years on, that I was completely unconscious about all of my money stories and my limiting beliefs and really buying into the idea that my customers didn't want to spend money, right? Really believing my own kind of BS around the fact that customers don't want to spend more than $30 or $40. And I was looking at the price points of what I had planned to offer and what we were buying to. And I don't think there was more than one product over $100, literally, right? What I teach you guys now and how I teach you guys to go about setting up your prices for Valentine's Day is kind of the complete opposite of that. <laughs> like, get rid of all of your products that are under 100 bucks. <laughs> but it didn't start that way, right? I went back and I'm looking at this list and it's like, I literally thought, I had to price our single stem roses exactly the same as what the local grocery store was charging. Like, that's what I thought our job was. I thought I had to compete with the big boys. And I totally carried all of my assumptions about my customers, my clients, humans' appetite to spend money. I totally carried all of that into my actions in the business. And it's one of the biggest reasons that first Valentine's Day, like maybe, maybe was a break-even proposition, right? Like it was just totally different to what I know now and how I would show up today when it comes to pricing and my thoughts about pricing. And I thought, hey guys, let's come back and revisit this because for me, Valentine's Day put me in a whole different frame of reference because it's almost where I got like slapped upside the head <laughs> in terms of like, oh, Kathleen, don't assume, like let go of all of your judgments, all of your assumptions and just being like, no, if customers want to spend money, then they can spend money, right? I'm not going to have judgments or presuppose that they're supposed to do one thing or they're supposed to do another, right? And I'm definitely going to do a podcast on this in a few weeks time, but I've been digging a bit into the whole love language thing. I am very new, 
you know, I've like heard the concept over the last few years, but it's not something I've ever dug into and never really resonated with me. But I actually think it could be really helpful for us from a marketing and a sales point of view, because one of the love languages that humans have is gift giving. This is the whole premise. It's like the whole religion around what Valentine's Day is about. And if you are like me, where you're like not a Valentine's Day person, giving gifts and spending money on people isn't something that you immediately jump to in terms of showing your love for other humans, this podcast is going to be very helpful because it's such a perfect example of getting out of your own way, letting go of the BS stories that we tell ourselves and just really getting curious about what narratives and what storylines are you bringing to the table? What assumptions are you making about your customers? What are you deciding on their behalf without even having a conversation with them, right? And it's so interesting because you guys have heard me say before, like the minute you decide to start a business is the minute that you bring all of your beliefs and emotions to the table and let's spread them all out and deconstruct them and really start to see how we are getting in our own way of creating the results that we want to create in our business. And most importantly, I want you to know, and I wish I had known this many years ago, but I want you to know that I don't think a day goes by that I don't hear from one floral designer or another from one very different part of the world who struggles with pricing. We are being confronted by our own limiting beliefs, by our own scarcity thinking, because our wholesale prices are skyrocketing. And all of a sudden, we are then showing up with even more self-doubt than we have ever had in the past, right? And you might be telling yourself, well, I'm just starting out, or the other florists in my area don't charge nearly that much, or the problem is that my competitors aren't using the right pricing formula, or Kathleen, I was taught this when I went and did my qualification, or this is what the grocery store is charging, right? We're looking at all of these reasons to support the fact that we can't charge that much, as opposed to really shifting our focus and really getting to work to build the belief that we can charge whatever the heck we want to. I'm going to repeat that, just in case you were not paying attention. <laughs> you don't have to care how much somebody else is charging for something. This is an unregulated industry, nobody is going to come knocking on your door and being like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, um, can you please show me the pricing model that you were using? Because I think you're uh, not uh, pricing in line with what you should be pricing. Nobody is going to come knocking on your door. And I think it's so helpful to remember and to really question what are the stories that we're bringing to the table. And I wanted to come back and get really like under the surface and show you how to actually create confidence in your pricing. Because we know, right, whether you know this functionally or you know this intuitively, if you're not charging enough right now, you know that you've built a business on a structurally broken foundation, right? It's like there is a crack in the concrete, my friends, because when we're not charging enough, right, we're working all hours of the day, we're not seeing the money in the bank account rise, we're not able to hire any freelancers, and we just stay stuck in the starving artist struggling hamster wheel. And it really doesn't matter, right? If you're a floral designer, or maybe you sell metal straws, <laughs> 
If your pricing isn't structurally sound, if you aren't clear on the formula to use for your pricing, your business is going to hit a wall, right? You are either going to run headfirst into burnout, right? Or you're just going to keep struggling and keep trying to convince yourself to wake up every day and be like, well, I'm just going to be grateful for what I have, right? And one of the biggest reasons that businesses not just floral design businesses, but businesses fail is because the pricing isn't sorted, right? This is literally like basics, learning your spelling, learning mathematics, learning how to speak a language. This is like, let's set the foundation, right? And let's really focus in this year in getting confident in our pricing. It's like, if you're going to build a house, you want to be overly cautious and make sure that that concrete that you pour in the foundation and the rebar that's going to hold the entire structure of your house, you want to make sure that it is sorted. And you're not wasting time in second guessing. You're not wasting energy and self-doubt. And you're going, no, my pricing is sorted. Now I'm going to actually shift my focus and learn how to build my business. But I also thought it might be a good reminder to all of us around why we kind of do approach pricing from a bit of a ass-first kind of perspective. And one of the things that I know for a fact for me, I went to formal qualifications. I got the piece of paper. I paid the money to learn how to do all of the things. We started talking about pricing in like week one or week two. I have the formula. But then I would walk out of the classroom. I'd walk back into my day-to-day reality and the self-doubt would just come piling over me, right? It's kind of like how I envision if we're in like a tidal pool or like a tsunami. It's like this wave of self-doubt would come over me and I'd end up just automatically discounting and not even thinking about allowing those prices to come out of my mouth. And one of the biggest reasons for me was because nobody talks about pricing, literally. Like I hear from you guys all the time that you're like, my closest like flower friends won't even explain to me how they go about pricing. (laughs) I'm like, I know. It's like, we're more than happy and more than willing to share like our chocolate chip cookie recipe that our Nana, you know, wrote on the back of the Toll House package a hundred years ago. But oh no, I'm not going to talk to you about how I go pricing my work. Oh no, 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 no. Right. And because of that secrecy, because our industry is so hush hush about so many things, that lack of information reinforces our self-doubt right? We have nothing that we can even go on to be like, well, I don't even know how my bestie flower friend runs her business. So clearly I must be doing something wrong, right? So we just stay in that perpetual pattern. The other thing, and I will 100% raise my hand and I can't see it, but just imagine my arm is raised. We attach our self-worth to the price tag. Literally my recurring thought was there's no way anybody would pay me that kind of price. And where we go wrong is that nobody's explained to us, one, that your self-worth as a human being, no matter what you do, is 100% whole, intact, and utterly complete, regardless of what you're pricing and how much you're charging your clients. But I think even more importantly than that is we're not told, we're not taught how to distinguish between our self-worth as a human being within our own business and the value and the worth of what our business is offering our clients. Because here's the thing, you are a totally different entity, a totally different being than your business. 
That's why we have to go through the paperwork to set up a business, right? It has a different tax system. It has a different structure. There's different legal obligations versus you as a human being. But we don't talk about that, right? Nobody sits us down, right? When we register for our business, nobody sits us down and says, oh, right, can you please just check this box to make sure that you understand what you're signing up for and that you are creating an entity completely separate to you. But it all gets totally intermingled and totally intertwined in one big like hotball mess of elastic bands. It's so crazy, but it's so powerful to remember your self-worth as a human being, 100% whole and intact, no matter what you do. And then you have this totally separate being called your business. And your thoughts about the pricing model that your business should be using is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> It's kind of like if we were working at McDonald's and somebody said, oh, I don't like hash browns like that. If you're the employee in the business and you tell your manager while you're working at McDonald's, I don't like hash browns like that. Does anybody care? No. <laughs> right? Your job is to cook the hash browns and serve the customers. You don't even have to have a judgment about the price that McDonald's or the franchisee has decided to charge for those hash browns. You're just there to do a job. So it's really important to remember and do the work, my friends, to detach your self-worth from the pricing model. I always have this vision. I think it was like grade 11 or grade 12 math when we started to learn trigonometry. Is that what it is? Anyway, you know, sometimes I'm thinking like goodwill hunting and you can see like those on the chalkboards. Do they still use chalkboards? Is that a thing? But how you could write all those really fancy, all the symbols and everything on the wall around what the math equation was. <laughs> like guys. The industry standard approach to pricing doesn't have like three and a half to four times wholesale plus 30 to 50% cosine self-worth. <laughs> That's not how we're taught to do pricing, is it? Like it's so good to actually have a laugh about it because if you could start to then separate yourself like literally in the equation when I teach you guys the simplest approach to pricing, right? If we're going to do daily flower deliveries, you just take your wholesale, you multiply it times four. I'm not telling you guys, take the wholesale, multiply it times four, cosine self-worth. <laughs> Does anybody's calculator have that cosine self-worth? Is this like the square root of pi or what is it? I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but you get the point, right? So number two is stop attaching your self-worth to the price. Number three, when we in our business are struggling with the pricing model, our brain goes to work to continue to find evidence to support the fact that we can't be charging that much. So you know what jumps out at you every day? Every single customer that says to you, wow, that's a lot to pay. And then you believe them, right? Or every single potential client who writes you back and says, I found somebody cheaper, right? Your brain like hangs on to those experiences. It like shines a light, puts those experiences on center stage so that you continue to perpetuate the belief that all your customers care about is pricing. It's so interesting and fascinating and amazing to learn how the human brain works. Because if your belief is all your customers care about is a low price solution, your brain is going to go to work to continue to find evidence to support the fact that that is true. 
Whereas if you sell yourself on the idea that customers love to spend money and want to spend money and you show up with that energy and you take action from that belief, you are going to create a totally different result for yourself. Number four reason we approach pricing from a wrong perspective. We as human beings and as consumers walking around in our daily lives are constantly bombarded by low price offers. So we then assume because the likes of Walmart and Costco and Amazon and Big W and Bunnings and Home Depot and all of the places are constantly advertising low price solutions, we carry that belief into our business and then think, huh, okay, well, I must need to be the lowest price option. Particularly if you are a floral designer who is running a business on the belief that all your customers care about is pricing, right? Then you're going to show up in your business and you're going to continue to perpetuate the fact that you think being the lowest price solution is how it needs to happen because we as consumers are constantly bombarded with low price solutions. The only people who can actually build a business off of low price solutions are businesses that can actually impact the input price or the wholesale price of their product. And if you run a flower business and you're able to actually negotiate with the growers and the wholesalers about how much they're going to charge you for the product, that's amazing. I can only think of one business owner that I know that does that. One. (laughs) Because they run like five shops and have a school and basically run like half of the empire in big city in Australia. (laughs) It's so interesting though, right? The only way that you can actually win at the low price game is if you have control over the cost of your inputs, which you need to be buying at a pretty significant volume, right? I think about the relationships that a lot of the growers have with the grocery stores here in Australia, love it or hate it, right? But these growers have signed annual contracts with the grocery stores. And the exchange of value is the grocery store is committed to buying X amount of volume from this one grower, right? So they have like guaranteed revenue. And the grocery store's value is that they've already locked in the grower to be able to sell that product at a specific price because they're kind of committing to buying the whole farm, right? They truly have control over the cost of the inputs. So if you have control over the cost of the inputs, if you're able to negotiate with your suppliers, That's when you can choose to pass on those cost savings to your customers. If you don't have that control, if your wholesalers come to you and just tell you these are the prices, then just know that the existing pricing model is the perfect solution. I think one of the things that I didn't struggle with, but I know a lot of you struggle with, is hanging a lot of evidence on the fact of somebody else in my area is only charging X, Y, Z. This other designer over here is only charging two and a half times. This designer over there is only charging two times. So we use that as a price anchor with ourselves and our own belief in the fact that we don't think we can charge that much. And we use their pricing model as our upper limit in our business. So you've literally just allowed somebody else to be in charge of how you run your business, which kind of defeats the entire point because running your own business is supposed to be and is allowed to be one of the most empowering experiences of your lifetime. But very often, because for me, my experience was I allowed my customers to dictate the decisions I was making in my business. But I know for so many of you, you're allowing other business owners to dictate what's possible for you in your business. And 
in my instance, I had no consciousness that I was doing it, which is precisely why I wanted to put this podcast episode together. Because if you can start to call your brain out on the stories that you're telling yourself that are getting in the way of you creating the results you want to create in your own business, you're going to blow your whole dang mind in terms of what's possible. Because for me, I had that like little voice in my head saying like, okay, there's no way, Kathleen, your customers will never pay that much. I also totally had a scarcity belief around I'm never going to be able to get any clients if I charge those kind of prices, right? Every client on the planet is just going to run away. <laughs> I also, because we were probably what, like 300 meters from a grocery store, I was convinced, right? But all of these customers could just go down the road to the grocery store which has a pretty decent selections, and I know that they only mark up their product 100%. So why would they buy anything from us? In addition to that, one of the interesting um, oddities about running a flower business in this general neck of the woods is the Sydney flower market, ebbs and flows, but Sydney flower market is available and open to the public, which means that everybody and their dog can go into the Sydney flower market and go buy a bunch of lilies at a wholesale price. Granted, they do need to wake up at the crack of dawn and they do need to navigate parking and all that stuff. But if they wanted to, they can actually access wholesale flowers. I use that as evidence against myself, right? I really took that story as another piece of my own debate around why I couldn't charge as much as I wanted to charge. And then I kept thinking about it even more and I realized, wow, there's a whole stack of actual like independent growers between the Sydney flower market and our shop. So then I kind of also had this vision. This is so crazy to even think about because the percentage of the humans that would actually do this. But what I want to teach you today is how I deconstructed all of these thoughts and help you solve this problem. But if I had really thought about it, I was convinced, well, they could just drive up to the Sydney flower market and pick up wholesale flowers, or they could just go pop by any of these growers and actually pick up some of this beautiful product themselves. Like, talk about scarcity beliefs. So insane. And also really not understanding the value and the service that floral designers provide the world. In my mind, I had put floral designer in the same service bucket as grower, wholesaler, flower supplier, right? I kind of saw us all as the same thing as opposed to really sitting down and deconstructing, okay, what is the value of the service that I provide my customers? And the last one, and this one was one that I have practiced for a really long time, and I probably laugh at it the most because this is one of the things I teach you guys inside of the boot camp first. <laughs> but it's because it changed the game for me. Because the thought that I had, right, when I started to sit down and really price out how much I should be charging for Valentine's Day prices, what I wanted to be charging and what I could be charging for a ceiling installation or a wedding archway or even just what might be considered a very simple table arrangement. The predominant thought for me was I never dreamed anyone would pay me, little old Kathleen, those kinds of prices, literally. What I was envisioning was if somebody came into the shop and wanted to buy a dozen roses, the money that they were giving in exchange for those roses was actually directly correlated to the value of Kathleen, not the value of the service that we were providing or the quality of the roses or the presentation or the customer experience around it or the wrapping or the card that they got to write or any of it. 
my brain literally associated, right, that transaction as a direct correlation between Kathleen's self-worth and the price. And it's really helpful for every single one of us, right? If you are struggling with your pricing, if you're feeling stuck with your pricing, if any of this is resonating with you, right? If you know, if you get a glimpse of the fact that you're attaching your self-worth to the price, or you're really stuck on the fact that somebody else in your area, a different business in your area is pricing to a different model, I want you to pay attention. I want you to very closely pay attention because this will change the game for you. Your thoughts about your pricing will never change until you get to work changing your thoughts about your pricing. And the whole reason I wanted to put this podcast episode together is because one of the amazing humans inside of the Flower Boss Bootcamp literally wrote a post and she said, okay, guys, I'm circling back on some of the pricing things because I can see that I still have more work here because I can see that I'm still filled with a little bit of doubt. So I'm going to throw this question into the community just to see if I am tracking correctly here. And so she just asked what seems like a very simple question, but it's a question that every single one of us has had. Okay, let me get this straight. If I'm just buying a bunch from the wholesaler and passing it on to a client, do I use the same markup, right? You can almost hear the doubt through this question, right? Let me get this straight. If I'm just buying a bunch from the wholesaler and passing it on to a client, do I use the same markup? The answer is yes. But in order to feel confident in that approach, I wanted to deconstruct how to get there. If you are, just as a little interruption, If you are new to this podcast and you don't yet have my approach to pricing, jump onto the Googles and just type in florist pricing worksheet. On the website, there is a blog post that talks through pricing and I even give you my PDF to help you sort through your prices. I'm so like on a mission to get this sorted, but go to Google and just type in florist pricing worksheet. And here's the thing. If we go back to her question, okay, let me get this straight. If I am just buying a bunch from the wholesaler and passing it on to the client, do I use the same markup? The answer is yes. But here's what's really, really helpful. You can hear her doubt and her judgment in the question. And if you are a person who is really questioning whether you can price to the industry standard, I want you to follow along, grab a pen and a piece of paper. Because I'm going to teach you the exact process that I go through anytime I feel any doubt about pricing. And this work is particularly powerful. If you do daily flower deliveries or you do anything where you are going to the wholesaler and you're picking up, for me, I did this work around lilies. Because I was like, I mean, we don't really do much in terms of processing them. A great relationship with our wholesalers. So I also know the quality of what we're going to get in terms of our lilies is like super high standard, like Kathleen's not really doing much to warrant this value. So here's the thing. The first question I want you to ask yourself, when you identify your predominant thought that's creating the doubt, right, that's creating the lack of confidence in your pricing, whatever that thought is for you, it might be somebody else in my area isn't charging that much. I was taught a different formula or Nobody wants to pay that much, right? Whatever that story is that you're telling yourself. I want you to ask yourself four questions. Question number one, is it true? Is it an unarguable fact? Question number two, do you know it's absolutely true? 
right? And particularly, here's something I've been really digging into in understanding the human brain. Our brain wants to default to all or nothing thinking, right? So we will literally say, nobody is going to pay those prices. As if all, what are we at? Like 7 billion humans would not pay that price. But really question your thinking about it. Like, is that true? Do you have evidence that there are zero humans on the planet who wouldn't pay those prices? Question number three, how do you show up in the world when you believe that thought? When you tell yourself, I can't charge that much, or there's no way that my clients will pay that much. How do you as a human being show up in your business? For me, I totally showed up in a really small minuscule kind of way, right? I allowed the doubt and the uncertainty to lead my behavior. So when you believe the thought that's stopping you from charging full price, how do you show up in the world? And question number four, who would you be without that thought? Who do you get to show up as if you stopped believing that story? If you're a person who's really struggling with the skyrocketing wholesale prices, if you're telling yourself because of the increasing wholesale prices, it's reinforcing your self-doubt around pricing, who would you be without that belief? If you're a new designer and you're just starting out, who would you be without that story? I'll also ask you, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares if you're new? Like, honestly, who cares? I want to know who cares. Ask yourself, who cares? Like, do your customers actually care that you're new? And I know for so many of you, right, because we're all in the comparison bubble, so you're telling me, well, the other floors in my area aren't charging that much. Who cares, right? Do you think our friends at Apple care that we can buy a phone for like 150 bucks? Do you think they care? And what are you making it mean, right? When we think about that idea of like, the problem is that my competitors aren't charging anywhere near this pricing model, Kathleen, right? We go back to these four questions. I'm like, is it true? Like, and I want you to be super literal about this. I want you to be like super geeky. We're going to write a PhD to deconstruct this one thought. The problem is when your competitors aren't charging anywhere near this. So are you telling me that you've done the work, you've created a spreadsheet, you've documented every single florist in your entire area and every single one of them isn't using the same pricing model? Like you need to have the scientific proof to argue if that thought is a fact. And I mean every single florist. Or is it just that this is the thought your brain is going to continue to offer up because it's supporting the belief of I can't charge that much. I want you to get really curious and really skeptical. And then I want you to really dig into this and learn to call yourself out on your own BS stories and your own limiting beliefs. When you think the thought, the problem is when your competitors aren't charging anywhere near this, right? Your thought might be, my competitors aren't charging anywhere near this. How do you show up when you believe this thought? The word that comes to me is small, hiding, tiny, minuscule, right? It's the exact opposite of courageous and confident and brave and bold, right? I just think of us as being like little mouses in a shoebox. <laughs> All sitting there with little flags that are like, I can't charge that much because my competitors aren't charging that much, right? But what you end up doing in terms of your own action is you'll discount, you stay stuck on being cheap. We get really mad every time a client comes back and has that look of shock on their face. <laughs> We're like, 
in their voice. Like if you're on the phone with them and keep obsessing over your prices, right? All of that self-doubt can be felt through your communication, right? And instead of putting your energy into learning how to separate yourself from the competition and level up your understanding of branding and strategy and how to really separate yourself to play a bigger, bolder, better game to understand that you're selling a luxury service, you're yet another floral designer who's barely covering their costs. You continue to perpetuate the idea of being filled with doubt and uncertainty and wondering if you have what it takes to make it work, right? It's like you're allowing yourself to be pulled back into that, like, I don't know. I don't know why Star Wars is on the brain, but like, it's like you're being pulled back into the force. Is that even what it's called? Probably not. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I just imagine, right? Like, it's so much easier for us as human beings to stay in our current belief system right? Because our brain wants us to stay where we are. It doesn't want change. It would like you to please keep suffering. Please keep playing small because out there, raising your prices seems dangerous. Bad things might happen. (laughs) Like you might make a lot of money. Ah! (laughs) Right? But this idea of really thinking like, oh, okay, my competitors aren't charging anywhere near this. At the end of the day, what you're allowing that one thought to create for yourself is you're allowing your competition to run your own business unconsciously, right? And then you kind of turn around and you're like, well, I'm not making enough money. And here's where things really start to shift. And I want you to come at this from a place of just pure like compassion and curiosity for yourself. Who would you be without that thought? How would you show up in the world if you stopped believing that story? If you dropped that story, if you stopped paying attention to what your competition was doing and stopped focusing on what the cheap designers were doing and stopped playing backyard Betty, What if you took my word for it and decided that pricing is allowed to be simple? What if you stop telling yourself that the pricing model doesn't apply to you and you start focusing on the fact that the pricing model does apply to you? Even if you're new, even if you live in a city where wholesale prices are incrementally increasing, what if you just decide you don't have to have any more judgments around the price? What if you decide that the pricing model is an absolute gift? It's allowed to be simple. What if you decided that your customers want to spend money? What if you decided that your customers want you to be expensive? And then you got to work building that belief. What if you got to work and rewrote your thoughts about the pricing model? Who do you get to become along that way? I want you to commit that this year is the last year you're going to second guess your pricing. I want you to just decide the pricing is allowed to be super simple. Once and for all, right? Stop spinning your wheels, stop second guessing, and stop hesitating. Your future self is going to love you so much, and it makes so much of a difference to your business and to your success. What if you allowed this idea that pricing doesn't need to be hard? Pricing is allowed to be super straightforward. And then go out there and build that belief. Find all the evidence to support the fact that it's true. Makes such an incredible difference to your bottom line, my friends. Pricing is allowed to be simple. The equation is super simple. So what if we just say, okay, Kathleen, so that you can then free up all of that energy and all of that creativity and stop spinning your wheels so that you can really understand the power of marketing and how much your customers want to spend money and create the work that you've always wanted to create. My friends, it will change the game. So go back and rework these four questions, right? These are Byron Katie's four questions. One, is it true? Do you know it's absolutely true? How do you show up when you believe 
this thought. And who would you be without this thought? My love, go out there, create some magic, make some money, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.